Good morning, everybody, and, and welcome. It's lovely to see so many people here this morning. And uh, to those of you on Zoom, lovely that you're with us too. We had a good number at the 9 a.m. service, which uh, started this week. So um, yeah, it's all looking good. And uh, yeah, it's lovely to see some faces in the sanctuary who haven't been able to come until now. So, um, well, I say you haven't been able to come until now. I haven't been here for the last three weeks, so perhaps you have, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, I, I've been away with, with family in Scotland. Um, we started off with a, my, our granddaughter's first birthday and ended up with my father's 91st birthday. So, um, but it's good to be back here with, with my, my church family. Um, I, I don't know if uh, many notices except to say that there is coffee being served in the lounge after the service. Um, yeah, woo! <laughs> And uh, to draw your attention to the, um, the, the barbecue um, next Saturday uh, that's going to be here, do please invite people along to that um, from the community. It'd be really great to have as many um, come along to that. So let me begin by, by reading some verses from Isaiah 40. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint, not be faint. So the Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. And um, we're, we're, we've come to worship him this morning. So if you're able to, to stand, um, can I just remind you that you will need to put your mask on if you're singing. Um, but we can still hear the, the joyful noise of singing even through the, the mask. So let's um, worship our everlasting God.
Lord God, we do want to come before you this morning and surrender our hearts and our lives to you in, in worship. For you are the only one who is worthy of that worship. And so I invite you now just to, to speak out words of, of praise and worship to our God. Um, if you're on Zoom, then do unmute yourself and, and pray out. But let's, let's bring those heartfelt praises to our God and King. If you're in the, the sanctuary, if you raise your hand, um, some, um, Adrian will bring the mic to you to pray. Our God and our King, you are wonderful, you're amazing. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another. Rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not grieve or quench the spirit. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May God sanctify you, and may your body and soul and spirit be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Father God, words cannot be adequately said of your kindness and your love to us. And out of that, Lord, we want to praise you. I want to praise you. I love you, Lord. Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Father, we have come together this morning to give you thanks for life you have given unto us, for good health you have given unto us. We are not praising you from our beds in hospital. We are not praising you from the prison yards. Father, we are here in your sanctuary. Father, we give you praise. It's a good thing to praise you, Lord. For you have been so good and be faithful. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the adoration for who you are. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. Amen.
to be able to come into your presence to declare that you are our Lord, you're our God, you're our Savior, Lord. And we thank you that we can say we love you because you first loved each one of us, Lord. Each one of us is important to you. We are children of the living God, Lord. And we just thank you for that love that you poured out to each one of us, Lord. In your grace and your mercy, we won't deserve it. We'll never deserve it. But your grace and your mercy has just come down and touched each one of us. Each one of our lives, Lord, are as important to you, Lord. Just thank you for that relationship we have with you. Not because of any goodness in us, but because of your love and your mercy and your salvation. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, you are almighty. You reign, you are all-powerful. You created everything that, that exists. But you're not a distant God. You're a loving God. You're a, you're a loving Father. And you instruct us to, to bring our cares and our petitions to you. And we do that now. Lord, we bring to you the situations um, the people who need your uh, a touch from you whether they're in our families uh, in our church nationwide worldwide lord we bring to you now our petitions and so do do feel free to to speak out prayers of intercession Father God, we, we pray for uh, those members of the fellowship who are undergoing treatment or in need of, of uh, help and healing. Lord, I just, I just want to lift uh, Joan Presnell before you today. Lord, as she waits for uh, an operation on this uh, aneurysm. Father, humanly speaking, um, we, we find it difficult to know how to pray and what to pray for. But Lord, I pray that you would, if it's in your will, Lord, we pray that you would speed for, forward this uh, operation. And uh, Lord, you'd, her health levels would be such that she can have uh, this operation. Lord, 
Humanly speaking, we just don't know how this prayer will be answered, but Lord, we dare to pray for your intervention. But Lord, as her and Brian wait, we pray that you give them patience, you'd remind them of your love and comfort and peace and grace. And Lord, we also, uh, we also lift Janet Mills before you, who's uh, continuing with blood tests tomorrow. Lord, we pray that those blood tests would be able to happen and that, Lord, she would get the, the treatment and support that she needs. So, Lord, we just, uh, we just pray your healing and grace for these dear brothers and sisters in Christ. In his name. Father God, I, I want to thank you for the opportunity that's been the last three months to share your word across Walkman Way. Father God, I thank you dearly for my brothers and sisters here. I've been prayer warriors for me and many teams uh, of uh, been able to walk in faith. So Father, thank you for your faithfulness and supplying the needs for health and for food and for, uh, and for accommodation and for and for just knowing you're there. Lord, it's not about us. I really want to ask you that you will water the seed that's been planted in the lives and the situations across the breadth, the breadth, the breadth and the width of this country. Lord, may your glory shine. May you bring revival to the local rural church. May the lives that have been touched bear good seed, good fruits, the local church be encouraged to to move on to think about you to think about outside the box to to know you and to make you known to other people so i bless your name for this wonderful opportunity you've given uh, for so many people to hear the good news uh, and to serve you in this very special way God, so often we come to you with our shopping list of things that we want. But this morning, I just want to give thanks. Father, when days are dark and, and things seem hopeless, it's hard to see your hand in things that happen. Father, you're there working. 
behind the scenes, bringing about the right answers to prayers. Not our answers, but your answers. And so, Father, I just thank you this morning for looking after my family. Father, just bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for our children and, and young people at this start of, of a new new year, new school year for them. We ask that you would be with them as they, they go into new situations, new class, new teachers, um, new year groups. For those going off to, to university. And Lord, we, we do thank you that Sam has been able to be with us throughout his, uh, his break from university. We thank you for his willingness to serve you, to use his musical gifts in enhancing our worship, that we might, might worship you. And we ask, Lord, for your, your blessing on him as he returns to, to Sheffield. And Lord, we ask that uh, for him and, and for all students at university, Lord, that it would be a much more satisfactory year for them this year. Um, so few of them were able to, to attend lectures and, uh, you know, the additional difficulties that many of them had. We ask for your blessing that it really will be uh, a blessed year for, for all our young people and uh, students of whatever age. And uh, we think, Lord, of, of those perhaps going to, to new jobs. And uh, we ask for your blessing on Chloe too, mm -hmm. as she... Um, moves into a new role as a fully qualified nurse. Lord, we thank you for her. Thank you for um, success in, uh, in uh, her, her student days, Lord. And we ask that you would be with her and bless her as she seeks to bless the, the patients that, that she treats. Um, Lord, we know that she'll bring something of you to them, of your love. Father, thank you for hearing every single prayer that's been spoken, that's been thought. And we thank you for who you are, for being our loving Father. Amen. Sorry, Adrian's just um, reminded me that um, something we haven't done for a while, but yes, could we receive the offering? Father, we do thank you for the faithfulness of, of the people who have uh, contributed to church finances um, in difficult times. And we ask that you would bless this offering and that uh, we will use it wisely, Lord, to further your kingdom. We sang earlier, Jesus, let your kingdom come here. And may these financial offerings um, go some way towards making that a reality. Amen. We're now going to hear or watch um, another of Mark's All Age talks that he's prepared for us. Thank you. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. It's been so long since I've talked to you all, and I've really missed doing the All Age videos. So here we are again. And this morning, Martin's continuing our Holy Spirit series, and he's talking from Ephesians chapter 4. So in our video this morning, we're going to talk about... Hi, Charlotte. Hi. You okay? No, I just really don't want to be here. 
You don't sound okay. Um, what's up? Well, to be honest, I'm feeling really hurt and really angry. I had a massive row with my friend last night. I'm really sorry to hear that, Charlotte. Really sorry. But I think it's it's good that you're here. Um, because I was just telling everyone that in our All Age video this morning, we're going to be talking about anger and how we can deal with it. So I wonder if you can help me out. If I'm lost. That's great, Charlotte. That's really helpful. Thanks so much. You see, the Bible doesn't tell us not to get angry. I'm sorry, what? Anger is a bad thing. I was told, Charlotte, don't get angry. And now you're saying it's okay. I mean, what are you talking about? Well, the Bible doesn't say don't get angry. In Ephesians 4, verse 26, which is what we're talking about this morning, it says, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So anger is a natural human emotion. We can't avoid it. We're human and we get angry. But what's important is how we deal with it. And even Jesus got angry. Oh, yeah. Well, that time in the temple and they were selling things. That's right. He was angry about the temple and the temple's his father's house. He was angry that it was being used to rob and cheat people. But that's not all he got angry about. He got angry about lots of other things as well. He got angry about poverty. He got angry about the way children were treated. He got angry when one of his best friends, Lazarus, died. And he also got angry about people like the Pharisees who worship the law instead of worshipping God. So it's good to be angry. Oh, that's a relief, because I get angry all the time. I'm a little bit like the Hulk. Well, that's not really what I'm saying, Charlotte. I don't think it's good to get angry. I think we should try and avoid getting angry. But sometimes we're human, so we do get angry. The important thing is how we deal with it. So let me ask you something. You had a row with your friends. What happened? Well, I had a really bad day at work, and all I wanted to do was see my friends. But... She was hanging out with one of my other friends, who I get along with really well. I know we're both ignoring me and being really dismissive. Okay, so what did you do? Well, I got angry, and so I called them selfish and inconsiderate, and then they started calling me things back, and it just slowly got worse and worse, until it just became a bit out of hand. Okay, how did that make you feel, Charlotte? Well, I was really hurt, and I was, like I said, I was really angry, so I just hung up on the call, and she's not messaged me since, and I'm not messaged her either. That's a real shame, because she's one of your best friends. Yeah. I wonder, maybe we could look at some different ways in which we could react when we get angry. Do you think that would help? Yeah, I guess it would. Okay, so I got some props to help us. I've got... Oh, is this for us to drink? Not right now. We need this for demonstration. Oh, okay. So these two bottles of Coke are going to help us to understand what happens when we act differently to anger. So how's that going to work? So let's imagine these bottles represent your friend who's just been really mean to you. Okay. Okay. Now, I've also got some sweets. I've got some cola bottles, and these represent a reaction of anger back. So if you're really, if they're mean to you, and you, as you said you did, you are mean back, you say nasty things back. And what we're going to do, so I'm going to take the lid off this bottle, Ooh, busy, and I'm going to drop 
one of these street symbols. I didn't write anything on here, but this says ugly on it, let's imagine. So we can drop that in. And what happens if we drop a few more in? Goes a bit mental, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's what happened when you had your argument. With oh, oh, it's going more. So it just keeps going and going. So if you react angrily, what happens? Well, like you, like you saw, it just kind of explodes. And, and as you experience with your friend, everything gets out of hand, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've also got some love hearts. And as we know, no, not for you oh. yet. As we know, love hearts have lovely words written all over them, don't they? Yeah, I love them. Like love and peace and kindness and all of those lovely words. So I've got another buckle here, and I've got loads of love hearts here. Surely the same thing's going to happen to I'm going to open this bottle up. And what happens when we put nice words into the bottle of Coke? Nothing's happening. Because if we react to anger with kindness, kindness can diffuse the situation. You see, we need to control our anger and be kind like Jesus was told. Because in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle answer always turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's what we're seeing. Putting harsh words into the bottle of coke makes it explode. Yeah. But a gentle word... There's no reaction. There's no reaction. Okay, I think I get it, but, you know, it's not easy because sometimes I just can't help myself. So how can I turn that into that? Okay, so I'm going to use a Bible verse again to help us answer that question. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, let me move that quite out of the way, because um, and Jesus says, a good man brings good things out of good stored up in his heart, but an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. From the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So you need to store up good things in your heart. How do I do that? Well, what we need to do is we need to learn to be more like Jesus, don't we? And we do that by reading the Bible, because the Bible tells us all about Jesus. And by praying, by talking to Jesus, talking to God, and by being filled with the Holy Spirit. So what you're saying is the Holy Spirit helps us become more like Jesus and to motivate us to read the Bible and pray so it helps us control our anger and all the other emotions too so we demonstrate god's love in our actions of what we do that's exactly right you've got it yeah that's brilliant well done i'm pretty happy now but i think that's probably all we've got time for now isn't it oh, but so we better say bye thank you very much to mark and to shara for that uh, Good reminder there and uh, a good illustration the the, the passage that mark Mar that martin's going to be speaking from is ephesians chapter 4 from verse 22 into uh, verse 2 of chapter 5.
you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Father, we thank you for these words and we thank you for um, what you've already given Martin to share with us. And we ask that you would anoint him, anoint his words, anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds, Lord, to receive what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Thanks, Ella. Um, Alison, we have the... Uh, we have Jason and Hannah Elliott with us, newly married, so it's good to see you. Bless you. It's great, great to have you with us and uh, fresh from honeymoon, I guess, so good to have you here. Wonderful to see you. So we're carrying on our um, series um, in, of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, and we're looking today at how the Holy Spirit helps us imitate Christ. Um, I don't know whether you do impressions of, of other people. Um, it, some of our family do. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at them, but uh, some of our family do do impressions, imitating others. Um, but I want to tell you about when I was when I was very young. We were living in Bristol. Probably I don't. Know, it was probably four, something like that. I got into trouble um, because I banged a hole in the wall of of uh, my mine and my brother's bedroom. Uh, let me explain um, before you think I've got anger management counselling issues. Um, my dad had been doing some work in the house and uh, he left his tools uh, in our bedroom. And I woke up in the middle of the night, half asleep, and uh, I decided that, that I would be like my dad. So I decided that I would kind of strike the plaster on the wall with this lar rather large, well, it wasn't that big, a little lamp hammer. And uh, I was hitting away, and I thought, this is good, the plaster's coming away. And I got right down to the grey breeze blocks underneath, and I kept going. So obviously my brother woke up and said, what are you doing? Um, and my parents also woke up and came in 
and uh, I got into trouble. When my dad said, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm copying you. I'm imitating you. Um, uh, <laughs> one of the few times he was lost for words, but <laughs> that's what children do, isn't it? That's, particularly if you leave um, tools around with toddlers, they want to do what you've done with those screwdrivers and hammers and saws, don't they? Um, they want to they go. So if they've seen mum and dad using a screwdriver, they want to use the screwdriver or the hammer or the saw. So be careful where you leave stuff, grandparents. And in the same way, God calls Christians dearly loved children. We're all, if you're a Christian, you are a dearly loved child of God. And you are called to imitate God. Um, now, <laughs> we, we influence our children for good and for bad, don't we? Hopefully, most of our influence is for the good. Um, some of it's not so good. But God is good, perfectly good, perfectly just, perfectly kind, and perfectly compassionate. So if we imitate him, we're not going to go wrong, are we? If we imitate God, we're going to do good to others, um, because that's who God is. And in fact, God gives us a helping hand, a visual aid, because he sends Jesus into the world to show us what real love looks like. A love that goes to the cross and a love which laid down his life for us as a sacrifice on the cross. So if you want to know how to love others, look at the sacrifice of Jesus, which is all about servanthood. It's all about doing good for the sake of others. It's all about laying down our own agendas, desires, priorities, and loving others. That's the model of the sacrifice of Christ, isn't it? How can we live a life, though, modeled on Jesus? Because that's not easy, is it? We, we all struggle to follow and imitate Jesus. Well, I want to outline two positive ways and three negative ways that make it uh, possible for us to imitate Christ. First, we imitate Christ by putting on new clothes. Can we go back a slide, Carol? Uh, yeah, we put on new clothes. Paul uses the metaphor of putting on and putting off in this passage, which is all about clothes. Um, now, if I'd have turned up to Hannah and Jason's wedding last Saturday in my shorts and a T-shirt, that would not have been honouring to them or to the sense of occasion, would it? You can imagine if I was stood here at the front and I was, as I've tended to do over the summer, I like to wear my shorts. Um, I refuse to accept that it's getting colder. I'll keep the shorts on. Um, I just like wearing them. Um, and I don't like saying goodbye to the summer. So that's, that's me. But if I turned up on the stage here in shorts and a T-shirt and you're all wearing your suits and ties and lovely dresses, which everyone wants, I would have been drawing attention to myself unnecessarily, wouldn't I? It's all about the couple and the occasion on the day, isn't it? You don't want me to be looking scruffy, drawing attention to myself, looking out of place, wearing the wrong clothes, dishonouring the occasion. And it's the same with us as Christians. If we don't wear the right clothes in terms of our behaviour and attitude, we are going to look out of place and we are going to dishonour Christ, aren't we? We are called to put on 
for new clothes of Christ, forgiveness, speaking the truth, working honestly and conscientiously, building one another up. All of these clothes are to be the sort of behaviors that we wear. We're to get rid of the old clothes that belong to the old way of life. Um, I don't know if you, do you have those bags through the door from charity, uh, from charities? When we're really organized, which isn't very often, we go through our wardrobes and we think, right, we're gonna get organized for the next time one of these charity bags comes through the door so that we can fill it up and all the clothes that we no longer wear, we can give away and somebody else can make use of them, right? I know there are websites around now that you can sell your clothes, but go with me with the illustration, please. All right? <laughs> so when we're really organized, we put the bags out the front of the house and somebody comes and takes them away. Now, if I didn't get new clothes to put on, if I kept giving away those clothes in bags, I'd have nothing to wear, right? And that would be very dishonoring to everybody, right? So <laughs> that was not an image you needed. Or, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh dear, mind wandering. We want to we want to put on the new clothes of Christ, and we want to get rid of the old clothes. You don't want you don't once you've given your clothes away, you don't go chasing the the lorry down the road. And say, oh, I made a mistake. I want them back. If you decide to give them away, you give them away. I'm sure some of you have given clothes away to the charity shop and then gone in and bought them again. I know, I know people who've done that, but most of the time you get rid of them so that you can put new clothes on. And that's what we're called to do as Christians, put on the clothes that suit and fit our identity as children of God. Compassion, forgiveness, kindness, self-control. Second, we imitate Christ by not grieving the Holy Spirit. Um, can we put up number two, Carol? Thank you. There we go. Um, the Holy Spirit is a person of the Godhead. The Godhead is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. God is one, and he's three persons. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. If we wear the wrong clothes as Christians, if our behavior doesn't match who we are in Christ, we grieve the Holy Spirit, which means to sadden him. I don't know about you, I don't want to grieve the person that I love. Um, if you love someone, you don't go out of your way to upset them and sadden them and disappoint them, do you? I hope. <laughs> if you do, it's pretty weird. But we love God. And God, we love God the Holy Spirit, we love God the Son, we love God the Father. We don't want to upset him and grieve him and sadden him through putting on the wrong behaviors, through behaviors that don't fit with our identity. And Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. We have been sealed for that day when Christ returns and he will finish the job of making us perfect in him. Do you know, Jesus is coming back and you are in a process of being changed to be more like Jesus over your lifetime if you're a Christian. Isn't that wonderful? But one day Jesus is gonna come and finish the job. You are gonna have a body that will not die again, that will not be able to sin, and that will no longer decay and will be fit for eternity in heaven. You won't need the NHS anymore. 
you will be perfect in Christ, sinless, immortal, imperishable. And the Holy Spirit is in the business of changing you day by day into the likeness of Jesus so that when he comes again, he will finish the job. So we don't want to be knowing that that's our future, knowing that we love God. We don't want to be grieving the Holy Spirit and putting on behavior that doesn't fit with who we're becoming, do we? Our future is one of Christ-likeness in fullness. So live who you are today as children of God. Um, what sort of behavior grieves the spirit? Well, Paul tells us, doesn't he? Falsehood, sinful anger, stealing, unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, malice, greed, and so on. These all grieve the spirit. And we don't want to grieve someone we loved. If we obey Christ, we will be a beautiful community of God's people where the Holy Spirit dwells in power. If we grieve the spirit, you will not see the spirit coming in power. Um, there is a correlation between our, the quality of our communal life as a church and the working of the spirit, right? Because if you grieve the spirit, you're going to suppress his power, right? Makes sense, doesn't it? Third, we imitate Christ by not giving the devil a foothold. Um, I'm no good at climbing, so I put a picture up, somebody who can climb. This is a free climber, I think. Footholds, um, climbers um, get a grip on rock, don't they, with their fingers and also with their feet. And a foothold is a, literally a place to stand. And Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Um, we have the next one. And do not give the devil a foothold. Thank you. So in other words, don't give the devil a place to get a grip in the life of the church. Don't give him a foothold like a climber, a place to get purchase, a place to stand on, on, in the life of the church. Um, anger is one of those footholds that we can give uh, ground or place for the devil to get a foothold. Um, you know this in your own life. If, you, if you're angry and you don't forgive someone, um, it's you that suffers. Your relationship with God suffers because you have a bitterness and a resentment, a brooding resentment in you, and that affects your relationship with God, doesn't it? You, you, you feel distant from him. Um, the, the, the warmth of your relationship with God goes. The love that you feel for him goes. And the danger is if we don't forgive and don't deal with anger and don't seek to be reconciled with those who've hurt us, the danger is we can give the devil a foothold in our lives and in the life of the church. Um, it's really dangerous that we need to not let the sun go down on our anger. In other words, don't let things brood and fester. Um, different people, different personalities have different ways of dealing with anger. We're all going to get angry at some point. In fact, you should get angry when you watch the news, shouldn't you? Quite frankly. I mean, if, if, if you don't get angry seeing the injustice and evil on the news, we're, we're not human beings, are we? But, there are, but we're, Paul is realistic. He knows that we will get angry. We get angry because we feel a sense of injustice. Sometimes there's a righteous anger 
because we've been wronged by someone unjustly. But it's what we do with that. Some of us are personalities that fly off the handle and seek revenge, and it all comes out, doesn't it? You know, and we, we dump on somebody. We, we tell them how disappointed we are, and we're angry. We, we, we use harsh words. That's wrong. Or some of us do this. Uh, we're more introverted or reserved. We give people the silent treatment. I know you'd never do that. <laughs> but we avoid people deliberately to show that we're annoyed with them, but that we're not planning to deal with it anytime soon, right? So both approaches are wrong. Flying off the handle in rage or giving someone the silent treatment and avoiding, avoiding them, they're wrong. That's not how Jesus says to handle things. He, he says, go and show them their fault so that you can be reconciled. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, for an introvert and reserved person like me, this is some of the hardest teaching in the Bible. I can't stand conflict because I'm introverted, right? I'm not an out there person. So if I know there's a problem between me and someone, I'm in a mess if I know I've got to go and sort it, right? I'd rather do anything but go and talk to the person, right? That's me. Some of you are like, no, no problem with me. I'll just go and get it out there. I'm, my palms are sweating. I'm shaking. My heart's racing. Anybody else? Okay. That's me. But we, we must do it. If things are not right, we must go and we mustn't let the sun go down on our anger because brooding and resenting somebody and giving someone the silent treatment is just as bad as flying off the handle. Both approaches are wrong. We've got to go and get things sorted. If we've hurt somebody and we become aware that we've hurt somebody, those three words, I am sorry. They're the hardest words to say. Um, I'm not just quoting Elton John, by the way. Sorry seems to be the hardest word, in case you were wondering. They are really hard words to say, aren't they? When we've genuinely hurt someone and done them wrong, I am sorry. Some of the hardest words to say. But you know what? Some of the most powerful healing and reconciling words you can ever say. So do it. Um, or if you've been hurt by someone, rather than sitting on it and brooding on it and giving them the silent treatment, speak to them not harshly or gently, um, but just show them why things have gone wrong and work it out with them. And that's not easy. Um, I've had to say sorry to people that I've flown off the handle with, I've, I've not treated people well, but we need to have the humility and the grace to be able to do that, don't we? We're going to sing a bit later. Graham Kendrick has some great words in, in, the, in the song that we're going to finish with. How can I not be merciful to the one who's been merciful to me, right? Jesus died on that cross. He was punished for my sin so that I could be forgiven. He who'd done nothing wrong forgave from the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. So how can I not be merciful to those who've hurt me? The world rejected and hurt an innocent man in Christ, and yet he forgave and reconciled the world. So how can I not be merciful? That's our model. Four. We imitate Christ by taking off and getting rid of the old clothes. We've spoken about this, haven't we? Really? But 
there are things, there are old clothes as Christians we need to throw out, behaviors. Get rid of falsehood, um, lies, exaggerations, fabrications of the truth, half-truths, all of those things. Get rid of them. Uh, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every kind of malice. In other words, exercise self-control and forgive if you need to forgive. Apologize if you need to apologize and don't let things fester and brood. Sort things out, albeit gently. Don't fly off the handle. Don't give people the silent treatment and avoid them. Sit down with the racing heartbeat, the sweaty palms and sort it out. It's not easy, I know, right? But this is what we are commanded to do, isn't it? Isn't this the word of God? Isn't this how we avoid giving the devil a foothold i don't i don't know about you i don't want to give the devil a foothold in the church do you so if we're getting rid of old clothes we need to put on new clothes um speech is so important isn't it um speech is one of those ways that we can give the devil a foothold which is why paul puts words about speech next to his language about footholds um, so do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Um, we're, we're, we're careless with our words, aren't we? Do you know, your, your and my words can curse someone. Yours and my words can cause a, a foothold to develop in the life of, of us and in the life of the church. You, you know, we, we can bring blessing or we can bring cursing, uh, curse on people our words that's what's at stake here so how are your words are you one who's known for encouraging and building up and benefiting others blessing others through your word or are you a complainer a moaner a criticizer a slanderer a gossip a complainer our words have huge impact on us on others and on the life of the church and at worst, they can give the devil a place to land and get a foothold. We don't want that, do we? So let's bless one another. Let's build one another up. Let's have conversations where we encourage one another. If you see somebody struggling in their faith or going through hard times, talk to them, pray for them, encourage them, come alongside them, listen to them, show them love and compassion, right? Don't wander around moaning and whinging and criticizing people. I know you wouldn't, but this is what the word says, isn't it? I'm, I'm getting there, folks. Number five, we imitate Christ as dearly loved, adopted children of God. Did you know that if you're a Christian, you have been adopted into the family of God and everybody in here today is your brothers and sisters in Christ. You've been adopted by the spirit into the family of God, where we all call God in heaven, our Father in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know Jesus yet? Have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you surrendered to him? Why not today? Um, why not invite him into your heart and become his child? You've got everything to gain. You've got eternal life to gain. 
You've got a new church family to gain. You've got forgiveness to gain. You've got joy. You've got contentment, fulfillment, peace, meaning, purpose to gain. You were created for a relationship with your father in heaven. You were created to be his child who knows the love and security and meaning and purpose of being an adopted child. That sounds pretty good to me. So why don't you invite Jesus into your heart and become an adopted child of God today? Why don't you pray with somebody today who's a Christian and say, I want that. I want that. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in a Christian, he renews our minds and gives us a desire and the power to imitate Christ. That's the good news. On our own, in our own strength, we can't live like Jesus. However hard we try, however new, many New Year's resolutions we make, we can never copy and imitate Jesus, right? We can't do it. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and makes us a new creation, he renews our minds so that we want to follow Jesus. We want to do what Jesus commands us to do. He changes us from the inside out. This is what Paul says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's our model. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you could be forgiven and reconciled to God. He didn't look to his own interests and needs. He looked to your needs and my needs to forgive us and reconcile us. That's our model, that's our pattern. That's the God that we're copying and imitating, isn't it? The Jesus who laid his life down on the cross for you and for me, so that you could be forgiven and reconciled to God. That's our pattern for life. Sacrificial service, giving up our own priorities, desires, self-centeredness to follow Christ and to love and serve others. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you've called us to imitate you. And thank you, Jesus, that you've showed us what imitating your love looks like in the cross. You gave up, laid down your life as a sacrifice for us. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus gave up his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And I pray, Lord, for all those who've not yet receive Jesus into their heart. Lord, help them to open the door of their heart to become children of God. And Lord, I pray for each one of us here today that you'd help us to take off the old clothes that belong to our old way of life and to put on the new clothes of compassion, kindness, self-control, speaking the truth in love, that we might be a community where the Holy Spirit dwells in power, where there is unity, where we display the beauty of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Martin. Well, I, I appreciate that uh, some of you may not be as familiar with our closing song as, as with other songs that we sing, but um, I think the, the words were just too appropriate for us not to sing it this morning. Um, at the cross where Jesus suffered.
this week about what it means to grieve the spirit. And I, I don't think this list, this is meant to be a, an exhaustive list of things that grieve the spirit. And if we think it is, there's a danger that perhaps we could think, well, oh, you know, I, I, I don't do these things. I, I don't get angry. I don't brawl. Um, but it occurred to me that there are other ways of grieving the Holy Spirit. One is to fear him. And another is to feel indifferent to him. Um, we're warned against being lukewarm. Uh, so it was just some thoughts I've, I've had during, during the week. Um, let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We ask, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will come and fill each one of us Lord God, would you help us to put off all these old habits and to take on the new ones? And Holy Spirit, would you banish any fear of you, any fear of, of uh, letting go and allowing you to, to take control? Would you banish any indifference to you and to your works? And would you replace them by a true passion to be filled with the Spirit? and to allow you, Holy Spirit, to change us, that we might become more and more like Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So do join us for tea and coffee next door in, in the lounge. Um, I hope you have a good week and look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.